Allowing immigrants to take their oath of citizenship by checking an online box is a natural extension of the Prime Minister's postmodern, nihilistic view of the country. This is part of an article written by our next guest entitled, Trudeau has degraded the value of Canadian citizenship. The author of the piece in the National Post a couple of days ago, Calgary-based political analyst and commentator, Rahim Mohammed, with lots of family here in BC too. Rahim joining us now from Cowtown. Good morning, Rahim. Thanks for being with us today. Good morning, Sterling. And uh, Sterling, and if you'll indulge me, um, I'd love to say hi to my folks, um, Shiraz and Nassim down in Crescent Beach. Ah, I just moved back to White Rock myself. So way to go. Yeah. So let's talk Great a little. Place to retire. Yeah, it is. It's fabulous. Uh, let's talk a little bit about your your column the other day, and let's yeah. let's remind people of what of what where where, where we're headed with this citizenship business. Uh, it's interesting because the producer of this program, Leila Kadir, is a, a recent Canadian citizen. She has yeah. not yet taken her oath. She's passed her yeah. exam. She knows she's in, but the, the oath process hasn't come up, and she would really really like to go somewhere where a judge swears her and a group of other would-be Canadians in with a, a vocal, energetic, emotional oath of citizenship rather than checking a box online, which is now an option she's not even remotely interested in. How many people are actually going in the direction of, oh, oh, oh sure, just let me check a box. I don't really care that much. What's the trend? So uh, these are draft regulations. So there's um, something called the Canada Gazette, which is basically uh, the federal government has a periodical um, in which they'll float proposed regulations. Um, so these came out uh, toward the end of last month, and we're in a 30-day consultation period um, as to whether or not um, Canadians think this is a good idea. Um, so at this point, it's uh, challenging for me to determine what the demand would be for this kind of thing. I do know that we've seen... Um, particularly since COVID, um, we've seen a rise of virtual sure. citizenship ceremonies. Obviously, you know, during a period of time, um, in-person citizenship ceremonies weren't feasible or safe. But I, I couldn't tell you um, who would actually be interested in um, in in this. Uh, I, I think they call it a secure online solution. Mm-hmm. Have you have the had the pleasure and privilege in your lifetime of attending citizenship swearing-in ceremonies, Rahim? Unfortunately, I have not. Um, I have friends who've had parents um, take part in the ceremonies, but I've not attended one myself. They're incredibly emotional. I, I'm, I, yeah. I was, I have the good fortune to have been born here, and uh, citizenship is, is, is something I take as, uh, for granted as breathing. And yet, yeah. I, I've had the great pleasure of going to a couple of these over my lifetime, and they are remarkably emotional moments in which people who have made tremendous effort, and in many cases sacrifices, to finally get mm-hmm. here and, and make it and cross the line, and such pride and such ferocious emotion going on, to, to eliminate that step, the, the payoff step, if you will, doesn't make a, like, a great deal of sense. So talk to us about what you see as, and I'm, I'm quoting again your article, the Prime Minister's postmodern, nihilistic view of the country. What do you mean by that? Sure. It's funny that you mentioned that, Sterling. I was actually rereading the draft regulations um, in preparation for this interview, And one part I didn't notice the first time around is they do a cost-benefit analysis. And they actually mention the fact that we would have fewer in-person citizenship ceremonies as a benefit, uh, because that means we'd be saving money uh, that we'd otherwise be spending on these ceremonies at the behest 
uh, the Department of, of Immigration and local authorities. Um, so that to me just gets gets to this kind of warped, um, almost kind of McKinsey consulting worldview where there's no uh, there, there's no acknowledgement of the symbolic or emotional or human uh, dimension of something like a citizenship ceremony and what it means um, to be able to do it in person and what it means um, to be initiated into a national community uh, with a certain set of values and a certain history. And the other part about it, too, interestingly and ironically, Rahim, mm-hmm. is that to become, to be appointed a citizenship court judge is a, a, an honor bestowed mm-hmm. upon party loyalists. It's a plum patronage appointment, one the government uh, reserves for, its, uh, for um, it, its strongest and most stalwart supporters. It, 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 it's odd that such an opportunity to reward would be removed uh, by a government who, uh, frankly, uh, loves doing patronage appointments. Yeah, actually, interestingly enough, um, I can't name names, but a former um, citizenship ceremony judge emailed me. Um, to thank me for writing the article and, you know, the individual in that email detailed just how meaningful it was uh, for them to perform the citizenship ceremony um, in many cases for refugees um, who took substantial risks uh, to escape oppression and, and come to Canada and become Canadian. So um, we all appreciate the fact that uh, during the pandemic, we all had to pivot. We all had to do things that we didn't want to. But if if stuff was going to get done, we had to do it this way. Okay, so now that's officially, I think, safely we can say, Raheem, it's it's officially behind us. So why would we want to maintain that unnecessarily in the name of saving a few bucks? So what, what is the most egregious thing about this um, is it would be an entirely virtual box checking exercise without the involvement of an efficient. Um, so essentially you would go to a government website, you would click here to swear an oath to King Charles III, click here to swear an oath to follow the laws and, and, um, and customs of Canada. And, and uh, I think I, I, I write my article that the process would be almost identical to becoming an online ordained minister uh, with the Universal Church of Life or, or one of those um, one of those diploma mills. So, so for me, it, it's taking the human element out of this altogether. I mean, if you're going to do, do it virtually, um, I understand that that could be an option, but at least involve an actual efficient, um, at least have some human dimension to the ceremony, at least have some level of decorum. So, Raheem, almost out of time here. If people yeah. are interested in this, this consultation process yeah. is indeed underway. How do yeah. we how do we make our feelings known that this should not happen? Who do we contact? So, the global affairs, immigration. Uh, it's citizenship um, and immigration. The minister uh, responsible is Sean Fraser. Okay. Um, so, per the regulations, uh, there are certain things in the Citizenship Act that Fraser himself has a right to modify unilaterally. Um, so submissions are open till March the 27th. Um, Fraser would be a good person to reach out to um, either at his constituency office or either um, at, through his um, Government of Canada email address. Indeed. Rahim Mohammed, Trudeau has degraded the value of Canadian citizenship. A good read. It's in the National Post a couple of days ago. Thanks for joining us this morning. Appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me, Sterling.